Hello and welcome to Everyday Superhero Cast. I am your host, coach, happiness sorcerer, and bard, Julian Loomis. Today we have two segments. We chat with variety streamer and frequent TTRPG performer, JJ, also known as BanReaper97 throughout different parts of the internet. And we're going to look at today's topic. Today's topic will be five things to consider when looking at a new exercise program. Before we jump into the full show, I just want to remind you that if you enjoy this show, this episode, any form of my content, please know that you can help support it by buying me a cup of coffee. You can do that one of two ways. You can either visit buymeacoffee.com slash ESHeroCast or visit everydaysuperhero-training.com. Click on one of the pink banners that says buy me a cup of coffee under the podcast section. It is a one-time thing. Any little bit helps. Thank you. On with the show. I don't have a theme song yet. Remind me to fix it in post. Today's topic is five things to consider when looking at exercise programs you want to start this year. I think something we need to keep in mind uh, is that consistency and adherence beat any program. It doesn't matter how good it is, how bad it is. If you are doing it and you're doing it for an extended period of time, extended period of time being months and months, three, six, eight months, a year of, of sticking to a program, uh, being consistent with the effort is where the results come from. It doesn't actually matter as much, the specific program, until you are getting towards more specific results. But if you're just starting, you're, just, you're starting a new thing, you're looking for a, a jump of inspiration, you're trying to jump in with both feet and hit the ground running, uh, it is the adherence and consistency that matters, not the program itself. That is going to be a recurring theme as we are looking at the five things to consider when looking, for, looking at exercise programs that you want to start. <clears throat> Let's start. Uh, number one. Oh, oh, before we start, uh, I lied. Uh, these are not in order of importance. These are just things to consider that may help you find the right program that will make, make you be more consistent in doing it. Um, rather than looking at like trying to put all five of these as something you really need to pay attention to, it's more like, Choose the one that hits the hardest in your own heart and make sure the program you're looking at really pays attention to that point. And just make it simple. Um, the amount, the more variables and, uh, and complexities you have to making the program work or getting to the workout or being able to enjoy the workout, um, the less likely it is you do it the first time, let alone down the road. So simplify. Uh, the amount of steps it takes for you to choose something and then just start doing it. <clears throat> okay, point number one. You will be sore. The second day will be the worst and it will probably last at least a month if you are doing the program consistently. I don't care what program it is. I don't care if it's a good program or a bad program. I don't care if you're working with a personal trainer. I don't care if you're going for a walk for the first time since, since it snowed two months ago. The fact that it is new and more than you are currently used to is what's making you sore. This is a tactic you will run into in gyms where a, a, a free workout with a trainer will lead you to being sore and make you think it is a good workout. It might be. What matters more is whether or not you like click with the person that is coaching you. Uh, but in that moment, they can you will feel like it's a good workout because you'll leave the next day or two and be sore from it. You're sore for because it's new and different. 
And if you are doing a program, which means it's a regular occurrence, let's say at least once a week for that period of month, uh, a period of a month, uh, you're going to be sore for at least that month. If you only go once, you're going to be sore for a week, and then you're going to be stiff uh, if you don't follow up on it, and the soreness will go away before the month ends. But it takes about a month to two, two months of consistently putting in this new effort before your body starts adjusting to the soreness being a not necessary component of, or the inflammation that causes the soreness not being a necessary component of the program. Uh, so to combat that, you should be planning for the recovery between your workouts because that's what's going to keep you coming back. Uh, knowing you're going to be sore uh, means that you know you have to move a little bit between each each workout uh, with uh, mostly just walks, really, uh, because the biggest downside of the soreness is that you get stiff and tight and it makes you think you can't do the next workout, but you can. So there you go. You're going to be sore. It's going to suck. Second day is the worst. And it's going to last at least a month before your body starts really being like, oh, we're not dying. It's okay. So keep that in mind. It has nothing to do with the programming, good or bad. It just, it's new and your body hates it. So you got to force it to like it. That's one. Number two, <clears throat> do not choose a program for the focus of weight loss, fat loss, or muscle building. This might sound counterintuitive. Uh, the reason I say that is because uh, goals like weight loss and fat loss and muscle building have a lot of variables that have things outside of the program itself um, that are required to actually see to fruition. Um, it is, if you follow a program that is for getting six pack abs, uh, so, so to speak, uh, there are a lot of things in your diet, in your movement outside of those workouts, in how, in your stress levels, in your hormone levels, that also contribute to whether or not at the end of that program, you'll actually have six pack abs if you didn't before. Uh, if all you're doing is that program, you can't really gauge it against the other variables. That's not fair to your own psyche. It is the biggest trap you fall into, not knowing where to look to see if whether or not this is doing something. Um, it makes it very easy to feel like it's pointless and quit. So focus on the getting better at the exercises you are doing. This helps see the improvement faster, uh, helps you get over the fact that you're sore uh, because mentally you're like, oh, I did more than I did the other time. Um, and it gives you a very specific trackable goal, not goal, sign of effort. Um, or reward free effort that you're putting into stuff. Um, if you are looking for losing weight or, or losing fat or gaining muscle, that is awesome. But you should also have other things in place that you're trying to do along with the exercise and tracking those things as well. Um, if all you're doing is looking for choosing the, uh, if all you're focusing on is choosing the, 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 the new pro, uh, workout program, you should focus that workout program, uh, allowing you to get better at the exercises. That should be what you're looking at as a sign of the program working, nothing else. Yeah, number three, I can count. Look for strength programs, not conditioning programs. I might be biased, uh, but if you're looking for something 
that allows you to see yourself making progress in the exercises. It is far easier to track progress in a strength program than it is in a conditioning program. Also, and this is going to come up at another, another point, um, conditioning programs tend to work to exhaustion for the point of exhaustion. That is a highly inefficient and grueling way to work out. It's, if, if you like that sensation, by all means, you should do that all the time. That's great. That's fine. If you're just starting out and you're going to run into things that make you not want to do the workout, like it completely flattens you and leaves you exhausted, uh, pushing to exhaustion as the point of the workout is a great way to quit. Uh, it's kind of like running for making mistakes. It's a horrible idea for your psyche. Um, a strength program can allow you to see progress in the exercises um, with a specific purpose rather than guessing that you're sore and or uh, tired and thus it must have done something right. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's point three. Uh, is make, uh, Look for strength programs, not conditioning programs. Also, because uh, you can do conditioning without the programs by simply sprinting and getting your heart pumping and the wind in your, in your lungs hurting that is also conditioning. The strength programs tend to have a more uh, linear approach to how they're, how they're laid out and rely less on chaos. So focus on, when you're looking for programs, look at ones that focus on strength, not on conditioning. Unless conditioning is fun for you. That's always the caveat. Uh, point number four. Work for the boost, not the burn. This kind of goes back to what I was just talking about a little bit, but it's it's different. Um, soreness and calorie burning from exercise are byproducts, not the point of the program. You will get sore again because it's new, but also if you're putting in uh, an exertion amount of effort, that amount of difficult stress on your body also can lead to soreness and thus needing recovery. Uh, if you're putting out effort in your body in that moment, it's going to be burning calories. Probably not enough to warrant eating a bunch of extra food, which goes back to the making sure you're focusing on the exercise or, uh, or the goals being getting better exercise, not tying it to the weight loss or fat loss or muscle building. Um, Yeah. The yeah. So um, the soreness and calorie burn are byproducts. They are not. They aren't a sign of the workout being good. They are not a sign of you making progress. They are not. Um, they are a highly inefficient metric for gauging whether or not uh, you're working out properly. So in, and uh, the mental and emotional boost you can get from a workout is the most in the moment positive reinforcement you can get for doing a workout in the first place. So focus mentally on how it's making you feel from a, an engagement factor, from a, uh, if you went in in a bad mood, come out in a, bad, uh, in a good, good or bad mood. Um, generally my rule of thumb is you should end the workout when you feel the best so that you come back wanting to chase that feeling rather than working yourself past the point of it being fun. Um, 
So yeah, work for the boost, not for the burn. And point number five, use and schedule social activity and or friendly competition to gauge progress and increase the amount of fun in between the drudgery. Uh, it doesn't actually have to be competition, but uh, incorporating movement outside of workouts is the best way for the exercise that you're doing, which is practice for movement, to actually have something to apply it to. Um, the, pro the consistency and adherence to exercise that then leads to results is boring. In the moment, it can be fun, but the amount of times you have a workout that goes, yeah, versus a workout that is, eh, is most of the workouts that you do that lead to actually having success are going to be somewhere in the boring to, hey, I did it range. To make sure you want to come back, it's good to have bursts of high energy or fun or um, unmeasured catharsis, basically. Um, which, if you think about it, it's like the difference between playing, uh, practicing and playing a, a, I guess, or it's the difference between practice and playing the sport or a game. Um, when you're practicing, it's measured and concrete and like safe, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, when you get to the event itself, it is unmeasured, just completely free and until you're completely exhausted. You do not want to base your program off of those events because then you will be wrecking yourself every single time and not being able to adapt which is where the consistency comes from. But you need them to have fun and see that you're making progress. So you should absolutely use and try to schedule things that use your body with friends, be social with it, have a good time. The point is make it social, make it fun, and make sure your body has to be used. It will allow you to realize you're making progress and increase the amount of fun you're having that will carry you over in between the boring steps of being consistent. So there we go. Those are five things to consider when looking for an exercise program. Thank you for putting up with my rant. If you found it insightful, useful, or any way helpful, and are interested in, in diving deeper into this conversation for a version of it for yourself specifically, please visit everydaysuperherotainer.com and use the form to reach out. We can start this conversation. Information is always free. Consultations are free. We can build this on a level that is just uh, for you. But now it is time for the reason you're actually here, and that is the conversation with the fantastic JJ. And we spanned a whole host of, of conversation topics, and it was just a ball of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. See you on the other side. But my, my goal when I'm playing is for people to look up from the character sheets and interact with each other. Right. Um, which is, I've DM'd for you. That's... <laughs> yes. Yes, you have. So... For people who don't know, Julian was actually my first DM. So he I was? Holds a special. Yeah, you were. Oh, that's awesome. You were. You hold. That's why you hold such a special Aww. place in my heart. And I didn't scare so you away, so first. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So because uh, uh, okay, so I'll tell the story. So the way that we played our very first game. Yeah. My very first game of D&D. So. Julian had said, hey, like he reached out to me, actually. He was like, hey, you know, you, I see you around all the time. And I know that you have the desire to play because you said you in the past that you've been open to playing. 
was like, you should, you should play. Like, you know, whatever. And I think he was like, here, join this group. And then he gave me a discord for, I think it's like the, I think it's like the TTRPG collective. It's still open. Yes. It's, it's off, off camera games. Yes. Yeah. And so he was like, here, let me send this to you. And you know, you can, you can schedule times to play with people. Cause I know that that's, he's like, that's like the biggest thing about D and D is finding the same time to play with other people. Yep. Like, okay, cool. So I joined and he saw me joining and then he saw me talking to people. And then he was like, Hey, just checking in again. I see that you still haven't played a game. You should play a game. And then he was like, are you free such and such day? And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I actually am free that night. And he was like, great because he was like because i have a game and i would love for you to play in the game so i was like oh okay (laughs) like he was like because he asked me previously julian had asked me like you know i see that you want to play like what's your hesitation for why you don't want to play and i straight up told him i said it's because like i have no experience playing D &D." and Mm -hmm. so like for me i kind of wanted to I'm I'm the I'm the type of nerd who likes to research things and I like to be yep. like, oh, let me, yep. you know, 100%. look at all of this stuff and read all this information and, you know, figure it out. And I wanted to do all of that before I played D&D. That way, yep. cuz my biggest my biggest hesitance and fear was that I was going to hold people back and that I was going to drag the game because I didn't know what I was doing and I was trying to figure everything out and stuff like that. And Julie was like, "You are literally all of us." <laughs> played do have played no matter what we do how long we've been playing we will all do that we will yeah. all check rules we will all check character sheets and yep try, we will all there's, there's no level of, of being prepared there's no level. that was that, that was, was my like, inner uh that was my inner, inner coach being like listen yeah. this is this is paralysis so by like, analysis we gotta you gotta yeah, take the so plunge I was like, okay i was like okay so okay fine so then i played and then we had a one shot, and I still remember my character was named Trouble Tea Leaf. It was a Lightfoot halfling. Julian made my character for me. Yep. Because I had no idea to, what to remove to, any of the crunch. Here's your character sheet. Learn what it means. Adapt it the next time. Yes. yes. And so then we played, and we played this one shot where the crew was on a ship. We didn't know why we were on there. We were trying to explore the ship, and we were fighting baddies, and it was so much fun. And I was so at ease, which I was so surprised about because I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be like you know, a nervous wreck trying to figure out like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to roll? Blah, blah, blah. Everybody was super, super nice and super helpful. And we all kind of like, we all did the thing where we we're like, okay, let me check my character sheet. Let yep. me figure out what dice I need to roll. Oh no, that was the wrong dice. Oh, let me figure out Vorpal board and all that stuff. And yep. So it was so just like, oh, and I was like, this is, this is not bad. This is actually pretty great. Right. <laughs> So then, um, so yeah, so that's why Julian is my very first DM ever. Um, so he holds that kind of like little special place. And, that is, uh, that is, um, that one shot I have tucked away. It is, it is, it is my, um, it's my icebreaker one shot. Um, yes. Because it's, it's, uh, I say very little. It requires the players to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you actually did zero fighting. There was not a single initiative rolled the entire game. There was there was one protagonist, uh, not, uh, one NPC that if the game switched to a certain point and you hadn't made any progress, was there to like talk to. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was one option of a uh, a boss that it was statistically an unwinnable fight if you fought it fought it uh, like head on. <laughs> 
so uh so the the entire thing was um it was a murder mystery mixed with a yes. uh drunken party how did i get here <laughs> yes i think we did well i think we did fight at the end we fought like a there was a uh, there was a ghost there was a, like a there ghost. was a wraith uh that was yeah. haunting that was like haunting the the cutlass yeah. uh that like someone had touched <laughs> yep yeah but uh, you were more like you were closer to fighting each other than you were actual like bad guys and yes, then, and then, and then there, was, there was like the race to like get off the ship because you're heading to like a royal harbor with a murder scene on your yes. boat yeah. we're gonna get arrested in this murder <laughs> boat <laughs> yep yes it was it was honestly so much fun and it was such like I feel such gratitude towards you for that being my very first introduction to D&D because that is what made me want to play more. And oh. then after that, it was like a whoosh because then it was like, okay, now you play D&D. And then people were like asking me, started asking me to play games. And like uh, Red, so Redemption VA and Omni had writer's block. And they were like, JJ, you know, you're really cool. We've seen you around in the community. You should come guest star on our writer's block. And then I went from writer's block so then I went to D and D studios to do their world building as well. Yeah. And then like I was, I actually played my very first AP on uh, Derek's channel because then Sarah from yep, Girls I know Sarah. World, yeah, founder Sarah. She found me. She saw my interview on, or like my little when I was on D and D studios doing their world building, and she saw mm -hmm. my little Mickey Mouse ears. And she was like, this person looks really fun. I want them in the game. And then that's how I started. I started that. And then ever since then, I'm like, people have been coming to ask me to yep. play games and playing their games. And I've had a really fun time. Yeah. And that's also, uh, I think, the game you played in with Lydia. Yes, I played the. I did. I did. We did. We There's... are so excited because we just found out we're going to play season two. <laughs> yeah. Ranger, so Rangers of the North, right? Yes, I'm so hyped. And um, yeah, and then Lydia was also one of my DMs as well. She's my second one. Yeah. Because then we played the mini, the three episode little mini one. Yeah. And that took me on an emotional journey. Oh my God. That was. <laughs> did, did you play the same character? Yes, I did. I Because I think character. like three of you brought the same, the same characters from the ship game and just like leveled them yes. up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we did. And then we, um, I ended up, we ended up switching bodies by like a divine intervention. Oh um, yeah. Did at the end. And then I think we played the final, either the second, I think it was the second or the final episode we played like in somebody else's body. And we were trying to like <laughs> learn how to be in our new bodies. And I turned, to, I turned up um, to be like a man instead of when my original character was. <laughs> yep, I remember that. And went on this whole journey about self love. It was amazing. Yep. I had it was so, great. It was so, it was so great. It was yeah. so great. Awesome. That's pretty much my memory of it as well. There seems to be a, a, a never-ending argument between like adapting D and D versus playing other systems, or like um, uh, whether or not a game should be have more or less like crunchy mechanics, um, and like mm -hmm. which. And obviously, it's all an opinion. Like it's what whatever you want is the right answer because it's what you want. Um, right. My belief is that the group of the table matter more than the system that is being played yes uh, and i think that gets missed in the arguments i think a lot of people yeah. search for the game that is going to create the environment they want rather than finding the people to create the environment they want uh and then finding a game to play with those people um 
My yeah. other theory is that um, crunch in a system is a matter of context for whether mm -hmm. or not you trust your ability to improvise. Yes. So, so I, I if I'm playing with a bunch of uh, people who are gonna not look at the character sheet, so we're like we're in character, we're telling a story, and we for, kind of forget that we have skills like that <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> to worry about. Um, uh, I want that game to be crunchier because I right. because it it provides context for the improv that we are giving without having to make it ourselves. Right. If I'm playing with a uh, 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 with someone who is going to see a stat block and just focus on the stat block, I want it to have zero crunch because I still want them to look look me in the eye when we play. Now it's completely yes. selfish, and because it's what I'm <laughs> looking for out of my gameplay. But uh, I, I, it's not so much that like the compli the game being complicated is easier, better, uh, or easier or more difficult, but that mm -hmm. the more crunch there is, the less you have to make up on your own. And I think for yes. a lot of people, that that's a, a a way to trust that they don't have to make it up. Like if you just mm -hmm. hand someone a sheet and say, "Do whatever the hell you want," that's a lot of yeah. options. But if you say, "Do A, B, C, or D," that's like four things I can focus on. Yes. Yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think you definitely have to play depending on your peers and. Like, I think the GM, thankfully I've had GMs who are very in tune with all of their players. And so kind of know what players can do what task. So like, you know, you might give the role-playing to more people um, who are better at improvising because you know that they're going to be able to like on the fly do the thing. Like I know, I know for example, like with my personal experience, like, when I play for Girls Run These Worlds, if they have any technical issues, like in one of my games while they're playing, like, like I've had founder Sarah, like I've had Sarah, like be the producer, and she will literally say, "Okay, JJ, I know you can hear me." Like she knows the crowd can't hear her, but she knows I can. So she's like, "JJ, I know you can hear me. I need you to vamp because <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties." Don't, and then I don't, don't, don't let it fall silent. You about yep. whatever. Yep. 100%. <laughs> while they try to figure out their technical issue, and I try to make it funny and like engaging so that the so that it looks like this is part of what I was going to do. Like this is not 100%. something that I've just been asked to do two seconds before. Yeah. But, you know, but not everybody can do that, and so no. or not everyone think, like, wants to do that. Not everybody wants to, right. And so, like, they kind of, she knows that she can ask me to do that and I'll do it because that's just my personality. Like, you know, I'm just kind of fun and crazy, so it's fine. But for other people, you know, they don't they don't want to do that. They don't want that singular attention. They kind of want to flow into and play their parts when they need to or when they are expecting their part to come up and play so they can prepare themselves for that. And I think as a GM, and I also think as a, as a player because as a player we're not just playing with just the gm we're also playing with our other characters and our other people at the table and so you know me i like to have little moments where i engage with my other players like i i think those moments are like so much fun and they're hilarious and comical and i like to do that but i also know that there are some people who are not going to give me anything that energy because yeah. they that's not what they do and that's not what you know they want to do so i will like avoid that with them and just kind of let the gm handle their role playing because i know that's something that they're more comfortable with and that kind of comes yeah. with the whole like safety thing because i don't want to make anybody have like an anxiety attack at the table no of course not i want right because i want to play 
with them. So it, you just have to kind of be aware of that. And I think, thankfully, I've been at tables where we have all kind of been very good friends. And so we kind of know each other and when we can role play with each other and how. And that's also, I think, why it's important to do a vibe check before. Because even yeah. if you're very good friends with somebody, they might just be having a day where they're like low energy and they're like, listen, I'm just trying to get through this session and I'm just trying to reserve my energy for the parts that I need to and I don't want to do anything extra. And that's okay because everybody yeah. has those days. And so it's good to it's good to kind of know that about your players at the table. I Yeah, I totally agree. What uh, Take me through the journey of being in general a, a content creator or streamer. Um, I'm relatively new to both podcasting and being live on the internet as an idea. Uh, and I ha and yeah. my, my method of doing stuff is um, the quickest path from point A to point B, even if it's actually the wrong thing to do. Uh, mm -hmm. So so like what I have, I can do for myself, but if I were to add a third person, I think my computer would explode and I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, where, you were, where did your uh s desire or experimenting with uh streaming come from so or content, content creation in general i guess yeah, yeah yeah so um back in 2015 um whoa so before that... whoa whoa you're talking before <laughs> in the land before the apocalypse Yes. I don't, yes, I don't yes, think yes. I can think that far back, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I've actually been creating, uh, I, I don't know if I would say content creation per se, um, because back then I wasn't like uploading to like YouTube and like making mm. videos and all that stuff. I should have been. I really should have been, to be quite honest. Um, I think if I would have had more time and, and if, if streaming would have been like much more important to me back then than it was and not seeing like, like when I first started streaming, so this was back in 2015, and I was part of the Titanfall community, and so that was a game that I loved, and I had made Titanfall? some friends with it, and I was actually, yeah, the way that I got into streaming actually was that on Facebook, we had a, so I started playing Titanfall, I became friends with a couple of people, and back then Facebook was really big, so I started like, you know, being friends with them and stuff like that, and so some of them made like a Facebook page about our our specific gaming community and so i joined the page and i saw that other people were streaming and i'm like what is what is twitch what is that like that's what is that so then i started watching other people and i was like you know this looks really fun like i can i think i can do this so i started streaming but back then i was streaming because i was more about like i just want to have fun and i want to like interact with it audience and play with my friends yep. and just watch all this so back then it wasn't about like oh let me you know clip this let me clip that let me make you know a little montage or whatever i think maybe if i did i would have been a lot <laughs> learn learn <laughs> learning tricks of the now. trade that you now, now that you wish you had <laughs> yeah exactly and so then like i did um so i did that and then eventually i did do like the whole clipping and stuff but that was like way later afterward but um yeah, and I would and I would just, you know, game with my friends and then I started doing a ladies night because I was like, okay, we're playing and it's like literally all of these guys. And most of the people who play like FPS or first person shooters are all guys. And, you know, it was nice when I would run into a lobby where I would run and play with a girl or against a girl and I was like, Hey, we should link up, like we should play together because you like this game, I like this game, we're both girls and we both know what it is to play in this community full of boys, especially 
fantastic voice. So let's. You mean most voice? So, it's okay. <laughs> right. So then Monday, it was like I think it was like Monday nights, either Monday or Friday nights or whatever. And I would play. Um, let's see. I would I would do the ladies' night, and we would try to get like at least a full lobby of girls for like private matches and we would play all types of like like i remember i would be like, okay guys this round we're just gonna do melee only you can only kill anybody through melee and so you would see like a video of like 20 people like 10 people in a circle like trying to kick each other and it was just it was just fun and we had such a great time and um like oh my god i remember those days where i used to stream for like 12 hours like i was so i would i could i can't even imagine doing that now like I'm pushing like three and I'm like, bro, I'm getting kind of tired. Like, three or four. <laughs> <laughs> but like that did, like I was knocking like 12 hours, like they were nothing. Like we were just playing I do, I do think, hours, having I, a great time. I do think particularly um, skill-based games like shooters um, create mm -hmm. an adrenaline rush. So you end up pushing past the point yes. of not having fun, but like there's a, a high and a, a yes. sense of adrenaline that pushes like you're, you play past the point where you're actually playing good. But you keep playing yes. <laughs> because there's like this thing pumping through your brain. It's very similar to to uh, like being uh, the, uh, performing live in a band. Like it's very, very yes. similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like it, it was so much fun being able to be with like um, all of my friends. And so and that's that what was fueling it at the time was fun. I wasn't worried about like. I need to get more followers. I need to like get more blah, blah, blah. No, it was for me, it was just like, I'm just here to have a fun time. Let's clip some funny moments, whatever. I'm not trying to like, and also I was a very mediocre player. So it's not like I was like a great player where I was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to go competitive. I'm going to go to E3. Like, you know, <laughs> like it was nothing like that. It was just like, I'm here to casually play. I suck. I have horrible lag. Let's go. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm just yep. going to have fun. And I think that's how I kind of grew the community is that like people liked it because I had a lot of fun energy and I wasn't here to be like getting upset or raging whenever I got killed, whenever yeah. I died, I was just here to have fun. And yeah. that was something I think that was lacking. That is sometimes it's, lacking in the game community. I think it still is. Be, I think so too. Yeah. Because people are more concerned with, I want to be good. I want to look good. Yeah. I want to be the best of the best. Where in reality, people just want to watch you have a fun time. Yeah, because <laughs> yep. you're, you're, you know, you're, yeah, you're playing to an audience at that point. It's not just yes. the competition. There, um, it's been right. a reoccurring theme with a couple of guests, um, but try, uh, they, they've mentioned in in like tips for like where to focus your energy, or what to focus on for growing as a performer, a content creator, or a streamer, or what or what have you. Um, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of the, them have been saying like, focus on the content, uh, and mm -hmm. focus on what, what the quality or success of the content means to you. Because if you don't quantify it, you're putting out all this mental rigmarole of, of fa failure in your own mind, because you can't match everything all at once. Uh, um, and I think a lot of people mistake being good at the game for being mm -hmm. good to watch. Like it's not yeah. the same thing, um, and while there is a level that of, of of gaming that is basically a professional sport at this point, there's uh, there are sports that people are really good at that don't make any money because no one likes watching them, and there are sports that people really make a lot of money because the yeah. the, the individuals have a personality that are fun to watch. 
um, or allowed to have a personality that's fun to watch. And I, I mm -hmm. will take a uh, a player that is mediocre too sucky. I will take a sucky player that is having fun and talking about themselves sucking <laughs> as they're yeah. doing so uh, nine times out of ten because it's it's relatable and entertaining in a way that I think mm -hmm. uh, transcends um, uh, the entertainment. But that's yeah. also my first, like the other reason to watch is like to see things you yourself can't do. So that is like being the best of the best. Um, right. But yeah. I think, I think there's, I think that it definitely depends on what you're looking for as a viewer, because there are some people, they, I mean, there are a lot of people who pass by my stream who are like, this person sucks. I don't want to watch this person play this game. Yeah, <laughs> and that's 100%. valid. That's, that's fair. You know, if they don't want to watch because I'm not good, that's fine because I'm not here to be good. I'm here to perform and I'm yeah. here to engage my audience. And, you know, I spend more time going on tangents and stuff like that than focusing yep. on the game most of the time. Like I've probably died like 10 times in a game because I'm sitting over here telling this long ass story <laughs> to, some, to one of my viewers who asked me a question and I'm okay yep. with that. And other people don't like that. <clears throat> that's fine. That's not their thing. That's cool. You yep. know, keep it moving. That's fine. So, and then I think, <clears throat> so that's what I've just been doing. And so because I have such a crazy and hectic work schedule, I like my streaming schedule is all over the place. And so most of the time I'm streaming just because I'm like, oh my God, I have the night off. That's amazing. And I feel like gaming, let me, <laughs> let me stream for a little bit. <laughs> so nice. Stream, you know, cause that's just, that's just my reality. But um, I think now I've taken content creation a little bit more because now I'm kind of like, like I'm on the, I'm on the verge of like where I'm like downloading my videos and I'm like editing them because I want them. I want to be able to eventually like put them on YouTube, especially yeah. my cooking videos. Yeah. Because my TGRPG cooking videos, I've been having lots of fun with. Um, yeah. And it was, it was so funny because, um, you know, <laughs> I was like, very hesitant i was a little bit hesitant to do it in the beginning because i was kind of like you know who who wants to watch me cook so before i started doing my ttrpg uh, cooking videos i was doing regular cooking videos where i was just like making random things and just like you know these recipes or whatever that i would find and i noticed that people were coming to watch and that they were actually enjoying watching me cook these things and like talking to them and engaging in them while i'm making you know, this scrumptious dish or whatever that I was about to eat. That's just my dinner or whatever. And so I was like, you know, it would be really cool if I could incorporate, you know, D&D &D and TTRPG into this because I love to cook. I They have to have recipes. They have to have books. And the next thing you know, I found six books. Oh, yeah. And I posted them online and I got so many people who were like excited and engaged, like more people I think that I've ever had on a post mm -hmm. um, that were like, Oh my God! Yeah, you should totally do this, and you should use this book, and this is the recipe from this book that I really liked, and I've made this from yep. this book, and da da da. And there was so there, much excitement, and I was like, "This is like something that people. It seems that people would like to see. Like people would like yeah. to engage in." And so there, then I started doing it, um, on Sundays because Sunday is like kind of the big like you know get together and the yeah, big like family you know, everybody comes together. Yeah, yeah, and so. It's been really, it's been really fun doing that and like planning. I would love it if I could do like dress up as well. Cause I love to dress up for like all of the characters and stuff oh, I yeah. play. But I feel like with me, 
the biggest thing to me when I cook is that I'm keeping like a nice, clean and safe environment when I'm cooking. And so I could, I just imagined myself wearing like this long blonde wig and trying to like keep it from getting into the food. And like, I was like, no, that's you. That's you can, you much. can be in character while wearing a hairnet. Like that's, a... <laughs> I know. I feel like I would have to get like a hairnet and do a bit. <laughs> just yep. kind of be like, Hey guys, I'm such and such. I'm here to come. You know, and just like play the entire, like do the entire TTRPG stream yeah. in character. Now I might do that one day. I just don't think that. I, I mean, that might be some. That might be a goal for the future. Yeah, we'll keep that. We'll keep that on the absolutely. On the board. I think <laughs> it makes sense though. Um, be uh, one. Have you played around a table in person yet? No. Okay. I have not. So I, I think because this makes sense to me because I think there is. For in-person tabletop role-playing games, which was more of a thing before the apocalypse, now it's more common to yes. see it online. But <laughs> before yes. the apocalypse, uh, there is one. Before I found performing through tabletop games, mm -hmm. um, the the Sunday dinner was a game of Dungeons and Dragons, and it was a potluck, and you were bringing food. It doesn't have to be themed, but like. The, the host always got uh, the leftovers and like free bottles of wine and like, <laughs> uh, and you, you had, you had, um, uh, there was more food than anyone needed and everyone was happy. And like, um, there, there's there, half, half of the game, uh, was playing the game and half thing, half of it was just like making sure everyone's okay and like checking in and hanging out. And it, I think it makes sense that a cooking stream for either D and D themed stuff or within the community would provide that same sense of purpose because you can't yeah. do that while we're playing digitally but right. that is a part of the community that i think is is very very beloved yes i would love see and that's the thing if i were playing if i were playing D D like at a table i would be the one bringing food i'd be like tell me what you guys all want to eat i will yes. cook for you no it's it is a potluck it should be like everyone yeah. brings something you come together like it, you're only you're only playing once once every couple of weeks anyways like you can yes. make an event yeah yes i would love i would love that because i love i love the whole sense of breaking bread and i think that's why i agree i enjoy doing the TTRPG cooking streams because it allows me to kind of feel like I am breaking bread with the audience. And like, you know, I love being able to tell them <clears throat> like, okay, this is what I'm making. You know, how does this look? And uh, like my last stream, I got really into it. And I was like, guys, do you hear this sizzle? And I like brought my whole laptop. And I was like, look at this sizzle. Yep. <laughs> look at this sizzle. And then it was hilarious because then once I downloaded the video and was like rewatching it to find like a certain piece, you couldn't, you could barely hear me. All you hear is the sizzle from the That's <laughs> I awesome. Was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to like get like a little mic <laughs> to yep. like pin on my shirt or something. And like, I'm going to have to get like a whole other camera so that you guys can see it, but you guys can still hear me. <laughs> and like, and if I want you guys to hear the sizzle, I will put the mic there so you can hear the sizzle. But yeah. it was hilarious. Me, I was just, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun doing this content creation portion of it because for me like you know i've always just done things because they're just fun you know for me it was that's never the about the best life. part about being a nerd also this yeah. is also why so everyone that i invite on is someone that inspires me and this is what inspires me about you um uh is you are a beautiful example of doing things for the sake of doing them and i think it is something that as nerds we internally believe in 
but again, because of yes. cultural norms, it kind of gets stomped out of us. Um, yeah. But I, I um, the uh, Lydia and I talked about it all the time. Uh, we're not supposed to do things that don't provide to our overhead. Yes. Um, and most of the things that bring bring joy uh, uh, to a nerd uh, are are either a long way from or a long shot at providing income. Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean it's not worth doing or like worthy of uh, helping your mental health or sense of purpose. I feel like as nerds, like as we move through life, we spend so much time not really being able to kind of find the bit like most of us don't get that sense of like nerdy appreciation from our families i would say like don't really understand like why we're not into more conventional things and why we want to read like comic books or play with figurines and stuff like that and you know um and so then it comes to the point where when we get older we start making our own money and we gain our own independence that we start then funneling towards our nerdy like obsessions and stuff like obviously you know yep. and um, so it's just kind of like it like it's true it's like most of our lives were meant to be like okay you know you need to be doing things that make you money or things that like you know provide for your everyday expenses or your everyday life and that we don't really get a lot of time that we shouldn't give a lot of time to things that give us like joy and pleasure and so you know, I, I like that the fact that as we get older, we try to find things that to do that just are just fun and that just give us joy and that we don't have to think yeah. about what's the what's the feedback because the feedback yeah. is just like our positive emotions that we get yeah. from doing the things we like to do. Hundred percent, and and there is a level of um, putting in as much effort into something and and yeah. seeing seeing growth or experience or uh, um, in firsthand that I think helps complete a sense of purpose that yes. if we're at a job where we're spacing out the entire time, um, like if you, cause if you have a job that you, even if it's not fun, if you mm-hmm. are in a present tense state that lets you feel co- like when you leave work that like doing a good job brings you joy like that, that can also be a thing, uh, that maybe you don't need as much of a, of an outside of that. Um, yeah. But if it were more and more people don't have that because the job is uh, mind numbing and there's no like the sense of giving purposeful effort isn't required. But if you're obsessed with something, you can't not give purposeful effort. Right. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think I definitely like being in this in this community and in this place in life where I'm able to kind of be able to put money time and energy towards things that only bring me joy you know and only yes. being able to I, I, like I, I just love being in that time right now i i've actually um in our in our um in our move from nashville um which was part of the apocalypse uh, um yes. <laughs> or or i guess wiping off the dirt of the apocalypse uh, um yes um and um like uh, closing our gym and deciding like what's next. Um, yeah. I, I found myself kind of being like, what do I kind of like a, what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> uh, <Right. laughs> um, but, but I realized, um, and I've, I had known part of this for a, for a long time, but I had, it had been building an experience of ways to, to find 
uh, or build it. It was built through experience uh, uh, and built stronger. Um, but I found that that what I was starting to really define as goals or priorities in my life could not be tied to anything tangible. There was no there was no like I want to own a thing or reach a milestone. There, there was none of that for me. And at first that was scary because if I look around, that's what everything is, is being compared to. Um, and I don't know if I've always felt that way or just like the apocalypse helped really put that into center view. Um, Cause I've always yeah. like been, I've always, uh, my joke has been, um, I don't so much uh, march the beat of my own drummer. I just picked up a saxophone instead. Like it's not even. <laughs> I'm not even pretending to be in rhythm. Let's 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 play jazz and make it sound like it's on purpose. Uh, um, uh, I love but my 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 goals were um, tied to having time, attention, and energy to do things I want to do. And there's not a level of money or stuff that I can tie to that. Yeah. I think that, <clears throat> I mean, I, I am so obviously so happy for you and Lydia because I can't even imagine how scary it is to be like, what's next and like not know, and then like put all of your energy into, you know, the things that you want to do, like her, like doing the whole Kickstarter, like amazing. Like I'm yep. so incredibly happy yep. for her. And she, so proud she's of her, she's you know? uh, on the verge of uh, book two. Yeah, see, so it, yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, jumping into what's next. And I love that she's able to put that energy towards one of her passions and make it work and, like, make it, you know, like, it, it's, I, I like to see people put their energy and time into things and then getting some monetary feedback because at the end of the day, <laughs> we do live in a society yeah, yeah, where yeah. we have to pay for things. I like to say that I, like, am a go-with-the-flow type of person, and I usually am. But like when it comes to like major life things, I like to be like very well prepared and planned out. Like I, I want to like know when like, you were waiting to play D and D. Right, like when I'm playing <laughs> D and D, that was a major life event. Okay, I needed to make sure that all my stuff was together. So it's just like, oh my god, it's incredible just being able to kind of pick up, go somewhere new, and not know what's going to happen next but just trusting being able to trust yourself and trust your partner and have that feeling that okay we're going to make this work no matter what and then making it work like yeah. it's oh my god that's amazing yeah that's amazing. um this is it's why i believe um the or those examples are why i believe uh the process of adaption isn't just for physical exercise uh I, I firmly believe that um, like everyone gets afraid and scared of yeah. things and we are afraid yeah. of things we don't know because we can't fathom what's going to happen. Um, That's right. And I, I don't pretend to not feel fear when I'm doing something that I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what I have done is I've nudged myself outside of my comfort zone enough, on the regular basis enough that mm -hmm. the adrenaline spike doesn't lower my level of function I've, right. I've, I'm used to to hey this feels weird this is good weird or bad weird do I want to do this again or not like this <laughs> uh, but it, that 
But to be able to trust that, I have to, for over time, let myself be afraid and do stuff anyways. Yes. Which is doing to our nervous system what strength training does to our muscles. It's it's letting oh. our nervous system not be as scared. It's letting us uh, not be as panicked when we feel scared. It's letting... Uh, I, li I like to say that I'm not... I don't so much... I don't plan any better than I used to. Like, I still right. jump off a cliff before I look. I've just gotten much better at spotting the landing before I hit the ground. Like, that's basically how I look at it. It's a good way to look at that. I mean, and it's... I'm also on the other complete extreme of like paralysis by analysis because there's a lot of stuff yeah. where I do stuff without knowing how to do it and I have to stop because I never figure out how to do it. Like that's right. <laughs> that's that's the other. <laughs> you don't hear about those because they don't they're they're, they're incomplete thoughts. But yeah, right. <laughs> I love that though. I, I I love the I love the sense of adventure that that brings too. Is yes, it, that's um, that's what the term "everyday superhero" is for. Um, uh, because our our brains can't tell the difference between being chased by a lion or thinking we are uh, doing battle with the Joker. See, so all go. of our fear uh, is valid, whether it's our own brain attacking us or literally running from something. Yeah, the endocrine system is doing the same thing regardless. Uh, so, uh, if you can create your own sense of, uh, adventure, whether it's through, uh, storytelling or experience or literally like climbing a mountain, whatever, like allows you to be in that state, um, then you're gonna, you're gonna have some fun. Hey, no, we're not done. Calm down. We're only about halfway through the conversation with JJ. I hope you're enjoying yourself, but we are on the topic of TTRPGs and I want to point out that I do have my own tabletop role-playing game that I run as a subscription service to join games with. It is called Mission Quest, an exercise-infused TTRPG, and it combines my two wonderful loves of social uh, interaction, group exercise classes, and digitally run TTRPGs. They're smashed together for a bunch of high fun, high shenanigans, low stress, uh, healthy interaction and camaraderie and movement. And it's a whole lot of fun. If you're interested in learning more about Mission Quest, an exercise diffused TTRPG, please visit everydaysuperheroetraining.com. Back to the show. I might have to take a page out of your book one day and just move to a completely different state and not know what's going to happen and just believe that it's going to work out. Well, so here, it's not the, it's not not knowing what's going to happen. It's having a clear conviction of why you're doing what you're doing. So, right. So like if I'm, if I, uh, but in, in, in us, the desire to, to leave, um, was part of like, Hey, we've come, we went full circle. We, we went to Nashville to establish a sense of identity, uh, and to build something for ourselves. We did that. That is, that has come to fruition. What do we want to do now? What is, what is there? There is a point, a part of us that um n was never tr set on the idea of Nashville being a permanent resident it was always a, a learning grounds there was always like a, okay. we're here to like basically build a work ethic of how do you make something happen out of nothing 
was kind of yeah. what, so there so there, there was always like a we're grinding we're finding a we're working two two jobs one for fun one for other people that pays for the roof overhead and somehow trying to be social uh, the social thing was right. a lot harder uh, <laughs> uh, but um, but it was never there was never a sense of hey we're home it was always just yeah how do we keep putting one foot in front of the other to find a thing and then the right. thing was done so so yeah. <laughs> uh but when so it, even though there was a mourning and a sense of loss there was also a the it's an open slate and yeah. and uh the it wasn't so much moving to Rhode Island specifically as it was what is then what are the priorities for the next chapter and what allows those priorities to be a thing and that's when I realized thing, yeah. the priorities were less like I need this job and more like I need this environment. Right. Gotcha. So because I had because of having that idea when we land, it's it's not success isn't measured on um hey, I'm getting a promotion or like I I right. have this many amount of friends. It's 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 on a level that is more I guess instinct based. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I don't. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, and and I learned because uh, I spent we spent seven years in Nashville um, learning how to put one foot from the other, and make things happen. Uh, so it was really exciting to to have that skill set and be able to mm -hmm. use it without it having a pressure. Okay, I like that. I like that better rather than not knowing what's happening next more of just like a this is what i want to happen yeah what do i need to do in order to get there exactly and not having not it necessarily being a concise plan but just having yeah. a general this is where i want to be let me start taking steps yep. towards that i like that that's the thing that's that's what is it's um it's it's starting to do the thing before you it's fully formed um yeah. But you have, there's enough of a, I talk about this with my clients uh, all the time. Um, when we look at like, not so much trying to lose weight, but like when we want the changes we're making to be on a holistic level for the end, rest of our lives. Um, right. Uh, that type of change doesn't have a time limit. Um, it is a forever goal. Uh, and right. it requires every fiber of our being to already act as if we've made that change. Mm -hmm. And I think that mentality is what allows, is, is what, it's not required, but like pushes forward, like doing something and then learning it as you go. I like that. I feel like that's, I feel like that's also something that I've kind of learned this past year because this past year, I think I've really taken, like I started going to the gym. And yeah, I, started I was with, so proud of you. Yes, and I started working with a trainer, yeah. and we would meet like two, three times a week. It was like it was about three weeks. Now, my now mind you, this has kind of been like I've been for the most part pretty consistent, at least consistent for me, because because of the fact that like with such a busy schedule, like there are some days where I'm just like, hey, man, not happening. Like, yep, I can't, 
I can't today because I have zero energy. I just worked this 36 hour shift and I'm going home to sleep for like eight hours before diving into another crazy shift. So yep. I, I just, I just don't have the energy. Um, and then on top of that, like also going on work trips because sometimes my patients go out of town and they take me with them to care for them while they're visiting family and whatever out of town. So I have to go too. So then, but the thing that I have been pretty good about myself is that this has probably been the longest stretch that I've really like kept with it and was like, Hey, listen, I'd still like, I might've missed last week, but I want to keep going this week and yep. so on and so forth and like working with them. And I have learned to be more forgiving of myself because That's awesome. for me, I would, yeah, because I would feel bad about the fact that like, oh man, like I'm not going, I'm not doing what I set my goal out to be. But then like, I would say those things to myself without thinking about all the other things going on in my life that are affecting why I couldn't go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so for me, um, it's been really, it's been really good to be like, okay, I'm like, I've been consistently going to the gym and seeing myself get stronger, you know, and being able to do things that before I was like, Oh my God, lifting this heavy bag was like, uh, like I'm dying. I can barely carry this thing. To now be like, hey, this thing actually feels pretty good. Like it's <laughs> it's a good weight, but I can carry it. You know, yep. no problem. You know. So for me, it's just been um, it's been really interesting, kind of, you know, getting those emotions. And I think it's also because like what's driving me is not like necessarily the weight loss. It's the fact that like I'm trying to consistently keep up with something, yep. and that I'm getting stronger. Like, cause I can, I can feel it more in my strength than I can, like in the changes of my body as of yeah. right now. It, you're, yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing rewards for your effort. Yes. Yes. And, How, and I, think, know, I think I remember this, I could be, so, but, but it's, it's your, uh, string of events. So I don't want to be wrong or misrepresent it. Um, how <laughs> long did it take you, um, to get from. Hey, this hurts and sucks. Why am I doing this? To oh, wait, no, this is working. Because I I distinctly remember through through I think it was a two month period of time, where like yes. at least once a week you'd be like, is this supposed to hurt this way? Is this how it's supposed to work? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And by the think... and all those are completely normal responses. Um, yeah. Though uh, you were um, you were. In the moment, you were enjoying it enough because either the relationship with the work, uh, trainer or the way the workout was styled was enough in the moment yeah. by feedback to be like, oh, I'll do that again, even though it sucked, yeah. which is uh, job number one. Get it, maximizing right. the amount of emotional benefit you get from the workout will bring you back the next time. That is what a lot of yes. people miss. Um, uh, but also, uh, it hurts because you're shocking your system on a level that is thinking it's dying. The the bear the yeah. being chased by a bear analogy is also how strength training works. You're basically <laughs> telling your uh, neuromuscular system once twice a week we're fighting a, this level of a bear. If you don't get better at fighting this level of bear, you're gonna die. So it adapts and lets you not die. That's what strength training is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so th and that's why it hurts. Uh, it's just right. like if you go if you go f for a hike. Uh, for the first time in ten years, your entire body thinks you were in a car accident because you basically were. Uh, but there is definitely a period where where the uh, the emotion of each session uh, was not as strong of a high, and 
you had not hit the point of being like, I'm definitely stronger. Uh, where where was that crossroads for you, and and mm-hmm. what when well, what made the change? Um, hmm, I would probably say somewhere around the two the two month like yeah. time frame of when I was consistently consistently going. Yeah. Because <clears throat> well, no, I wouldn't even say that. I would say the the first two months because I remember the first two weeks I could barely move. Yeah, like I could, that was our conversation because, every week. It's like, is this normal? Yes. Right. <laughs> like I remember, yeah. Like I remember, like I would be walking in my like legs, my thighs would just lock, like the muscles, and I would like stumble because I was like, oh my god, what is happening? And, like, <laughs> you know, I remember, like I would move my arms, like oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So and that was really like the first two weeks to the to the first month. Um, yeah because my system was just so shocked in a way that it had never been shocked before. And I didn't yep. know, like, I also, my brain couldn't process it. Like, you know, like me, I could not process the fact that like my body, cause I had never done anything like this where it was like, I was working with the trainer and we were doing like legit strength training. Yeah. Like all of the stuff that I was doing was like, you know, little kind of like YouTube work, like workouts or whatever, you know, little 20 minutes or whatever here doing like I, I will of- say just for anyone listening, those are also legitimate. Yeah. That will also work. But I understand your point. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean like I wasn't doing it like with the consistency. Like yeah, it was just yeah, like yeah. every once in a while. So that's that's what we want to tell people. Don't think that YouTube videos don't work. I no, still watch yeah. YouTube videos. <laughs> consistency beats uh the program every time. Yes. And it pisses yeah. off uh, really technically sound trainers because they can give you a scientifically perfect program. And if you don't give a shit, it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> so this was like the really first time that I was working with somebody who was like, okay, you know, need to fix your form. Don't use these other muscles because we're targeting these specific yep. muscles um, and stuff like that. And so for me, like, like I said, my body had never been shocked like that. So the first two weeks, I remember I had everybody in the group chat laughing their Like, everybody in Discord was laughing their ass. What is this madness? And people were like, you're told what you're going through is valid, and it's, that's just how it works. But then I hit, I think once I hit that two-month mark, I started doing the workouts, and I started feeling like, hey, you know, I'm not like I, I like I feel I feel energized. I feel the muscles like buzzing, literally mm-hmm. buzzing with energy. But I don't feel the pain or the soreness yeah. anywhere near as much as I did in the beginning. And then I I was noticing that like, you know, so I work taking care of a couple um, during the daytime. Uh, my patient had a stroke, so he is very limited in the use of his left side. Um, particularly his, uh, his arm, his left arm. Okay. So I'm there to kind of assist him and, you know, I'll do all these other things with him, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I do at my job is that they have grandkids. And so their grandkids come over and their grandkids are like three and below. So the oldest one, yeah, the oldest one just turned three. So with him, it was a lot of like picking him up and carrying him. And it was, I think around that two month part where I would pick him up and I would not I was like, oh, he's not as heavy as he used to be. <laughs> you know, that was really when I figured it out that, okay, this stuff is actually working. Because I yep. would, like would just pick him up and I wouldn't feel 
like before I would pick him up and then, you know, I'm rocking him and whatever and going all around and everything like that and doing all these things with him. And then I would be like the next day, like, oh, I got my arm, <laughs> <laughs> my arm, <laughs> you know, but then, you know, around that two months mark after I was going for a while, I was picking him up and I'm just like, oh, dude, you're like, you're not, you're not like as heavy. You're not like yep. as heavy as you, you used to be. This like, doesn't hurt me anymore. I was concerned, like, are you eating enough? Are you okay? And yep. then I realized, no, like, it's it's because I'm getting stronger. And I've, yeah. and I've noticed that now. Like, even, like, if I pick up a, a bag of, like, dog food, you know, that's, like, super heavy, like, mm. I, I pick it up and I'm just like, okay, this is heavy. I can feel the weight of it. But it's not affecting, it's not affecting me as it was before. Like, I don't feel like yeah. as, as much of a struggle as mm. before. So I think That's, that's one thing that a lot of people... Um... I think don't realize and under, like know how to contextualize. Um, but like yeah. 50 pounds is always 50 pounds. So even right. like the mountain who can deadlift like a thousand pounds, if, if there's 50 pounds on the ground and he's not paying attention, that can still hurt him because it's still right. 50 fucking pounds. Uh, yes. Things that yes. uh, all, uh, initially feel heavy, heavy will always have a sense of feeling heavy. And uh, right. you just get better at lifting more. Like it's, it's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's been, that's been really cool. And then I think the other part was also the fact that like, <clears throat> the reason why I said, okay, earlier when I said the two month mark and then I said, wait, no, the reason why is because then many months later, there was a time where I had not been to the gym for probably like a month or two. Yeah. I had not stepped in the gym because at that point it Chaos. was like, you know, I had a work trip, holidays, and it was just a super crazy time. I could not make it into the gym. So then I see my trainer. It was, I think at this point it was a month. It was actually a month, yeah. I see my trainer and I, he's like, okay, we're gonna do goblet squats. And I was like, I have not done a single squat in a month, my guy. And he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's why we're doing it now. Then. Yeah, so he was like, that's why we're doing it now. And so he had me do the 30. And as I was doing the 30, like it had been a month at that point, I had not done it. I was doing the 30 and then I was like, okay, I feel it but I don't like, it's not like it was before. Like I felt the burn, but it wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm dying. Or like, I was yeah. really struck or like, I didn't feel myself really struggling to make that 30. It was, you know? it was uh, shaking off rust rather than building up an ability. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly how I felt. And I was like, Oh my God, like, and you know, and he had me doing, he had me doing the same weights that I was doing a month before. And I was still like, at the same level and I was so surprised because I was like oh my god I haven't been to the gym in like a month like I'm gonna lose all my progress that I've been doing over these months and stuff like that and in reality it was like just a little bit yeah like I think there was some where he was like okay we're gonna put the weight down a little bit because those muscles have like not been worked for a while but other than that like you're pretty much at the same kind of like at the same level and I felt so, I remember feeling so proud because I was like oh my god this is amazing like that means that my body like you know, it, it, it <laughs> I'm means, doing the it, thing. Yeah, it, it means that the it means that changes uh, that you have been feeling weren't temporary. Exactly, yeah. and so that's what was kind of pushing me to be like, okay, like I I need to be consistent and keep it up. And then the good thing about it is that like you know, <clears throat> before the holidays hit, because the holidays between the holidays and work schedule like i can't really get into the gym so I probably between won't get back between the between gym. november 15th and uh december 31st um we develop 
a recency bias for believing how good our year was and how uh, well we've balanced our priorities. And we're always wrong because we discount yes. the, the other 10 months when we've learned new skills and grown and made adaptions. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that what I will pro I probably will step back into the gym until the new year. So probably until like January 2nd or whatever. Yeah. I highly but, recommend that. <laughs> yeah. Like I will probably do a couple of things every, you know, if I I can get a chance but between holiday shopping and work and all this other craziness like i don't think i'll be able to but yeah whatever i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stress myself out about it. i'll just start the new year but the thing that i liked is that i was able to keep something consistent and like manage it because even when i was going on my work trips i was texting my my uh, person and i was like hey can you give me like a workout to do while I'm on my trip and he would give me workouts so that then when like my time would officially end I would go and do like whatever yeah. little workout and stuff so I was still keeping up with a lot of the workouts and then when I wasn't able to meet with him I would still go and like use some of the older workout stuff that he gave me to yep. do and would do that just to kind of keep and then like throw in the cardio day so i was still like really consistent with what i was doing and i and that made me feel really good about the fact that i was able to do that yeah that's awesome so yeah that was like <laughs> something i've been trying to do for years but like they got it together so say, that was uh, say, say the last last bit again oh i was saying that like that was something that i've been trying to do for years and so that it finally clicking and coming together this year was really nice. That's awesome. I love hearing yeah. that. Uh, and I think we've, yeah. we, we had this conversation around the two month mark. Um, I don't know, but, um, there is a, if you've never made it to, to where, like, like where, I guess where you were around the four or five month mark, uh, where mm -hmm. like you, you take basically a month off and come back and it's not death. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> It's you're taking a leap of faith that the pain that makes you think you're going to die mm -hmm. is eventually going to feel good. Yes. It is a blind faith because there's there's no you have no proof, no sense of concept for why this sensation of your body thinking it is dying. And it's ever <laughs> like if you were to look, look up the symptoms of like post-workout soreness and look up the flu, they're very similar. You're allergic to exercising is what your brain is telling you. Uh, and and uh, uh, it is a mental struggle to be able to push, believe in a process that has yet to have paid off. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I, it's... Uh, one, I'm very grateful that you're, you're willing to share that story uh, because it's one more story that someone else might be able to, oh, this is a thing. I just have to keep going. Um, yes. <laughs> but it, it's, I'm also really proud of you for being able to, to push through and find that growth. That's really cool to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really, uh, it's really fun to kind of um, finally, you know, kind of see that, that side and I think that it was just very important that I took it a different route because before it was always about like the main motivation was like, oh, I want to like lose weight and whatever. Whereas this year I was like, it's not so much to me about losing weight or seeing a number on a scale. It's more about me getting into good habits and forming a consistent schedule where I can yep. consistently work and then, you know, whatever comes, comes. 
yeah you know and so and it's been it's been really rewarding yeah and that's that's what i meant, meant by um having having all of you be in on this change um yes. I, when i when i teach uh habit change i teach one habit at a time because it's easier for us to mm -hmm. compute um yes but we a lot of the time we don't realize how much any of our other habits in in life are in uh uh, accidentally or seemingly inconsequentially tied to the habit we're trying to change. Uh, yes. And a lot of it tends to be with uh, how we spend time and attention that we don't, that we don't mm -hmm. realize. Um, but uh, the, the pull, the teaching of one habit at a time gives you like a, a measuring stick of, I did it here and I did it here and I, and I have proof. Um, but to get to the yes. point where the change is, um, to get to the point where you've you've reached a goal, uh, you have to reach a point where you stop looking at the goal. Right. Um, and that is the part where where uh, the parts that you're that you're clinging to that are accidentally preventing the habit from taking place uh, suddenly mm -hmm. rip free and are like, doesn't matter. This is this is better. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 interesting that you. <clears throat> it's so funny that you talk about how some habits are like connected to the other ones, and we don't ever really we take don't the time we cognitively think yeah about it because I've had like some of the habits that I've changed have like impacted other things as well. Like for instance, like like I've stopped one of the things that I've stopped doing or at least do a lot less frequently now is that when I eat, I don't watch TV or watch something while I'm eating. Yeah. Because I, because then I, I, I was realizing that I was mindlessly eating and that like then it would get to the point where like if I watched TV, I felt like I needed to eat something. And I'm like, you don't need to eat. Like you just ate. But yep. it's just so, it's just so like, it's just such a habit. Mm -hmm. And so like one of the things that I did was that now when I eat, I'm making sure that I'm eating and I'm focusing on eating and like Doesn't the food taste on... better too when you do that? Hmm? Doesn't the food also taste better when you do that? Yes, because then I find myself being like, dang, this this rice is good. Or yep. like, you know, yep. this salmon is good. And you start, you know, uh, I'm like, you know, picking out the flavors and stuff like that. And I like am invested in this action that I'm doing instead of just mindlessly like, you yep. know, and then like, getting in front of the TV and feeling like, oh man, I need like a bag of chips or like, you know what I mean? So now I can sit and watch TV and I'm just sitting there just chilling and I'm not like mindlessly eating, you know? Um, yep. And things like drinking more water has curved my appetite for sweets. Oh, that's a and big so one. Like, yeah. Right. Because now like I'm not feeling those like, Ooh, I need to like, I I'm not feeling about that late night craving where it's like, I need something sweet, you know, yep. <laughs> and then lost on sweet. Like, it's just like, cause I, cause then I'm not feeling like I'm hungry because I'm drinking so much water throughout the day. Um, and you know, things like that. It's just like these little tiny little things that you do really do like make them like they're so impactful and they affect your other aspects of life. That, oh, like, yeah. You know, so yep. it's, it's just interesting to kind of see it unfold how you change one thing and then another thing that you didn't think was ever related to it completely changes so well, yeah that, that's that's, that's the good side of the equation the more common side of the equation is the things that 
you weren't trying to change pull you back to where you came from, which and that's yes. where, that's where the frustrating cycle comes from. Um, yeah. Which it which is a lot of, a lot of. I was talking to Lydia about this the other day, um, and I don't want to accidentally use terms that sound mean. So I'm going to be very careful in how I <laughs> how I say this. Um, <laughs> but the, we there is there is a societal picture of of um that is the idea of obese people being lazy that yes yes that i actually believe on a psychological level is inaccurate i believe i I believe lazy people are thin and i believe obese people are worried uh yes because um it takes far more effort to get off the couch to get a snack than it does to forget to eat. Yes. Um, and I'm not saying thin as in like healthy. I just mean like having less body mass. Like I, I uh, as someone who personally is very lazy, I can attribute to the fact that um, if I'm not out and about doing stuff, I will accidentally forget to eat because it means I have to like get up and do something from the couch. And I'm not getting up and doing something from the couch because I want to not do anything. Uh, and I right. spent I spent most of my life being un, um, uh, well the, the non scientific term is skinny fat but um, uh, mm-hmm. underweight but over fat was was how I spent yeah. most of my life. Um, I also had a bunch of energy, enjoyed movement, and I was lucky in that regard. But uh, my eat, my eating habits were feast or famine, so like all the pizza or nothing at all. Uh, and mm-hmm. and it was um, it was food that was high quick energy, and uh, not sustainable. Um, uh, but yeah, that is my my. I think that the image we have of our relationship with food is backwards. I think a lot of a lot of the science of like how you make the changes to your body is is accurate but we tend not to pay attention to why we got to the place we got to in the first place. And I think a lot of, if we pay attention to the psychology behind why we're worried, why, why, why we're, we're wanting to eat food without being hungry. Uh, what, um, mm-hmm. like, I think those are very difficult conversations to have. Um, but if they're, those conversations aren't being had, uh, that piece of the puzzle can't move with the other habits. Right. Yeah, no. <clears throat> I I completely agree with what you said, Julian. That's amazing. <laughs> and hopefully I didn't offend anyone. Because I'm not I'm not trying no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're good. I think I think it's I, I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of misconception about what body shapes equal health. Mm-hmm. and equal or, unhealth. Or what type of health, yeah. Yeah, like the type of health. And that's why, like, I really am a major fan of Lizzo because a lot of... I love Lizzo. I love her. First of all, I love her. She's, like, an amazing person. But I also love the fact that, like, she kind of... She breaks that stereotype because a lot of people look at her and then they immediately shame her for her size and mm-hmm. say about how why do people idolize her when she's so unhealthy etc cetera, etc cetera. and these are people who clearly don't know lizzo because yeah. any fan of lizzo knows that number one 
she gives very high intensity performances always where she's very active and anybody who knows anything about stage performance knows that you have to besides just that singular performance you have to practice for yep. that performance yep which means that she's spending all of this time getting up moving doing all these moves all these positions etc cetera, etc cetera. on top of that she has an amazing she's i think she's a vegan actually so she has a very good diet that works for her so for me it's just like you know she is what i would consider somebody who is healthy because she's doing all the things she, she's active she lives yeah. an active lifestyle yeah um on top of the performances she's also a very outdoorsy person so she does you know things outdoors like hikes and whatever so she's a very active person and she eats well you know for her body so for me it's just like that is what would i consider a healthy person whereas i can have somebody who's like super skinny who can't climb up this hill that we're climbing up, you know exactly <laughs> and, that been, and that has been the thing that i have experienced a lot of times is that people who are you know bigger per se you know can do a lot more physical activity because they're used to having to do those physical activities than the person who is just kind of like well i look good yeah. so i'm not going to do as much yeah so yeah the, i, I, I totally wish agree. that discrepancy wasn't i wish that ideology wasn't around like i wish it didn't exist i think that we could think about I regardless think... of what somebody looks you know, yeah. and that their their health journey doesn't look like your health journey, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I I, th I think a lot of it stems stems, and this is my over the last I think six months has been my personal crusade. Uh, stems from our dividing of what health is. Uh, yeah. We we don't allow from a textbook uh, on the piece of paper. We don't allow. Um, the food science, the exercise science, and the um, psychological and emotional health to be intertwined as one thing that is just us being a healthy creature. They're all right. treated as separate specialties. And because of that, you get conflict, conflicting ideas of what it is to be healthy. Um, exactly. Which is why I was so excited to hear that um, they, they can finally scientifically be like, hey, uh, if you practice uh, regularly forcing yourself to be mindful, uh, it is uh, just as beneficial as like eating your vegetables and going for your walks. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think it, it's one step closer to um, allowing what is supposed to be a journey in an experience to be a journey in experience. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. I, I like that we're starting to, I think... I like that the discussion is starting to turn towards that. I know we still have a long road to go ahead. We really do. Um, <laughs> but, but I like that the conversation is starting to head towards that way because I am now starting to see a lot more fitness people talk about how, you know, and maybe this is something that they've always talked about and maybe it's just not. It's not. It is, brand, it is brand new. It is. Okay. So yeah. that's what I was thinking because I was like, I've never heard this, but I like the fact that people are like, and fitness people are starting to talk about more so that like the fitness journey looks different for everyone yeah and that's okay 100%. you know what i mean i like that. it it's I really like it's that. yeah i think with the rise of crossfit over the last mm -hmm. how, like 25 years or whatever we, what we yeah. had was a rise in the hobby fitness enthusiast and okay. yeah. most of what we because uh, now you have you have your CrossFit along with like someone who likes to box or someone who likes to uh, bodybuild, and those were mm -hmm. those are 
versions of physical activity that we idealize um, from a aesthetic performance idea. We look right. at, we look at athletes as like the pinnacle of what we want to do with bodies. By the way, athletes are not healthy. They are yeah. practiced for a specific task. That is a different thing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, and and because of that, and the rise of the internet at the same time, um, the way the f industry of fitness exists um, is marketed towards people who are already exercising. Right. Um, the, you have your fun gadgets, you have your water bottles, you have your clothing, you have like all of it's built to someone who has already decided that exercise is a hobby as well as something that is healthy for them. I right. think understanding and the conversation of, of how much our mental health is tied to uh, how we eat, uh, how we socialize and how we exercise, understanding all of that, I think that is the key to reaching people that haven't gotten to that stage yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I think that, you know, the fact that, like you said, that it's become more mainstream and that it's, you know, I, I just, I just like that the mentality behind yeah. around the entire conversation and health in general is changing more to be one number one, more inclusive and to be like more positive than it has been you know I, I i really i just really am excited to see where it goes further um you know it's 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 a hard it's a hard conversation to have with people um uh from someone who's been in the industry for 12 12 13 years now uh mm -hmm. because the further you dive into what actually helps people the harder yeah. it is to create a business around it uh, yeah, uh, that's true. so, that's so not, I, I don't mean that for myself in, in operating I mean in terms of, of why there will always be a lag behind what is the health or fitness industry and what is good for the individual uh, is because right. the uh, there's a difference between simple and easy um, mm -hmm. and simple is effort that is straightforward um, and most of what we're understanding is simple but uh, simple means you can't market it. You can't wrap it in a box. You can't, you can't like there's, there's, um, it, there, there will always be a side of the aisle that wants to find a way to wrap something in a box for you. And there are always on the other side, there will always be someone who wants it to be easy thinking that's what simple it means. Uh, and so that, that, because that is what makes people money, that is where the public eye tends to spend its attention. Yes. It's very frustrating. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. I think I think that's a nice little spot to round off, though. So, I think yes. I think we're gonna go offline. I could legitimately just continue talking forever and ever, though. So I just <laughs> I know <laughs> we have to stop ourselves at some point. <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred percent.